This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Dirt and Sprague. Holy crap, what happened? You got pink eye. With Andy Dirt Johnson. Giving each other butterfly kisses or something? Ha ha ha, very funny. It's not your pink eye, you get it from... Poo particles making their way into your ocular cavities. And Brendan Sprague. I farted on Jason's pillow as a practical joke. He farted on Jonah's thinking it was mine, and then eventually pink-eyed my pillow. Um, not proud of any of this, but I think we've all for- forgiven each other. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. You can get pink-eyed from farting in a pillow? Totally. That's awesome. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. We are already... Over the clock, this is all Dirt's fault. He wants to reward bad teams to continue to be bad. It's not my fault. I just the I, I I like the premise of your idea. I do. I don't want to reward teams for for openly losing and being putting a horrible product on the floor. I just I feel like the NBA, and this is why maybe I'm more optimistic than some are. I feel like the NBA has reached a point where the parity is pretty good. I don't disagree with and you. And there's there. a number of teams that can win championships, and I would worry about doing something outside of just your normal run-of-the-mill free agent offseason that could shift the balance of parity again to get back to a point. I'm much higher on the league right now than I was four years ago because four years ago I knew who was winning the championship before the season started, and I felt like, why am I even watching this? But is it similar to baseball for you? That if your team's not good or involved, you're wa- you're not watching. Uh, no, not until I'll, like the playoffs. Or I'll the unplug for the most part, but you can get me on. Like I've watched more uh, primetime basketball probably early in the year than I have in a while now. I don't really know why, but I've watched. I watched the Lakers and Clippers. I watched that Bucks and Sixers game. Like there's there's been a couple. TNT will do that for me. Like if there's nothing on on a Tuesday or the Thursday night football game sucks. Like you'll rope me in on that. Uh, all right, well, let's get to this. Sam Monson's going to join us, profootballfocus.com. We'll get his thoughts on the National Football League and how he sorts through the NFC pile of crap at 7.30. We got the mail sack coming up a little over an hour from right now, so any and all questions are welcome at 503-250-1080. You want to talk about interdimensional beings or you want to talk about sports, you shoot those questions to the fan text line. <laughs> we have crunch time around the corner as well, but we must start the second hour a team not tanking and not playing awful. Your Portland Trailblazers are four and oh. The talk of the league You're damn right. is here in Portland. Yes. Oh, calm down, ladies. Uh, Anthony Simons goes off last night, 22 in the third quarter. The Blazers come back against the Denver Nugs. They got by they got down by double digits at one point. Uh, shout out the live bet. And uh, they came back, cut the deficit to six at the half, and never looked back after that because that third quarter, 
They scored 44 <laughs> points. Swag, cue it up, thanks to this man. Now he'll defend Lillard outside of the snap off a pass to Simons. He'll trigger from long range. He's going to run. Wings left and right. He'll steady. Give to Simons. Had a notion. Steps back. Fires the triple. Got it. Uh-oh. The fire has been lit. Absolutely, they're going to call technical fouls. So he said that was one way I was able to kind of tamp down that enthusiasm uh -oh. Uh -oh. of heart. And Simons is officially on fire. Simons releases, scores another three. <laughs> Look at Dame. Look at Dame hopping, loving every second. We know where the Blazers want to go with this basketball. They waste no time. Simons rushing oh, off the screen, drilled it straight away and got knocked down. And the crowd going nuts. Delirious here in Portland. Knowing the, the player of the week and the rest of the conference has the ball, and he's not even the one you got to worry about at this moment. Simons thirsty for it, comes to it. He'll lift off again and hit another one. Anthony Simons knocking him down left and right. 22 in the quarter. Six threes, 22 in the third quarter. Anthony Simons cannot be stopped. My God. And I, Portland's 4-0. I thought he was in a shooting slump. What happened to that? I thought the guy stalked, man. Where, where, did that, where did that go? That was fun. That was... The first half of that game, we did a segment on, on the Blazers yesterday because how do you not? They're 3-0, right? Everybody's feeling good. And what did everybody say about the game last night? Ah, this is probably where it comes to an end, right? Denver's been hanging out in Portland. You had to go to L.A. and play a 12-30 game on Sunday. You got back late. Our buddy Nepper, as soon as our Blazers segment was done, texted us, hey, good segment on the Blazers. Now I'm going to go bet Denver minus 4.5. And, yep. and I felt the same exact way. I didn't bet the game because I was too emotional after losing my Monday night football bet. That I, I, I did not either. I was not in a good headspace, although I might lock in a Dame MVP bet because what the hell, he's playing great basketball right now. But the, the early portion of that game went exactly how I thought it would. Portland looked lethargic. They weren't knocking down open shots. Nurkic was missing bunnies around the rim. Denver came out. They were knocking down threes. Like, it just, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, they're probably going to lose tonight. This is a tough back-to-back -back for you to handle. And then all of a sudden, you hit a couple of shots late in the quarter. Dame kind of got hot at the end of the first half, and you're like, wait a minute. They're only down by six points. How yeah. are they only down by six points? And then we just played the highlight. Simons takes over in the third quarter. This team, I look, I, I'll say what I said after game one. I don't know where they're going. I don't know how many wins they're going to have. I don't know where they're going to finish. 82. I was in 90, 98. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> I was a little bit higher on them coming into the year than some people were. I think that was because I don't watch preseason <laughs> basketball. I felt a little bit better. So my prediction at least looks, you know, maybe a, a hair more accurate right now than some others. But what I will say again is they are fun. They are entertaining. And I look forward to watching Blazer basketball. And I don't know the last time that I can say that. I know they went to the conference finals a couple years ago and that season kind of came out of nowhere. But there was a bad taste in my mouth for most of that regular season because if you remember the year previous, they got swept in the first round of the playoffs and they brought the same roster back. So there was this dreaded fear of what was going to happen at the end of the season. They got, they got athletes, they can run, they push the tempo, they got, they got shooters. Like this, this team's fun, man. They're really fun to watch right now. They are. And, um, you know, I like the different lineups that Chauncey throws out there. The fact that they cut that to six, I mean, if you were like me, you went to the DraftKings app, you opened it immediately at half, and I said, six? The way they're playing, they should be down 15. And only being down six, you could have got the Blazers at halftime at plus 270. Hammered the money line. There we go. Thank you, wham, bam. Anthony Simons, I owe you a thank you in person. Uh, that being said, like 4-0 and is such a great start. 
It's such a better start than I thought. I I was openly on this show going, hey, what if they start like one and eight? Yeah, you asked that last week. You know what I mean? Their defense wasn't looking good. I I know they're undersized. But what's happening is you're seeing certain players take on responsibility that they maybe didn't think that they'd have or they did and they're doing it anyway. Rebounding, tempo push, like Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart. I'll have to go look at the box score. I just had it up here a second ago. But it felt like they had 28 rebounds. They, they didn't? Yeah, they combined for 13. Hart had 11 of them. But that, I mean, and Hart's one of the, he, I think he's the preemptive rebounding guard in the entire NBA right now. He's um, the exact kind of player you want out. Like, if you're going to play a three-guard lineup, which he technically is, yeah. he's the kind of guy you want there. Absolutely. And Jeremy's, you know, he's getting it done offensively, but he's impactful in what he does defensively as well. Um, I, I got more on this. We'll carry it over here because we got it back on the clock. We got Sam Monson coming up at the bottom of the hour, but the Portland Trailblazers are 4-0, and and we love to overreact as a city anytime this can happen. I mean, of course, this is Portland. We overreact to everything. But there's some interesting things to note statistically with this team that I, I want to highlight and talk about a little bit more because, well, this has been fun. It's been fun to watch, and that's also something we need to talk about. So we'll get to it. Blazers uh, on the other side of this next on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back in. Sam Monson, a pro football focus. We'll dive into the National Football League with him at the bottom of the hour. The Trailblazers, we're talking about the red hot Portland Trailblazers, 4-0. And uh, they come back last night. They beat the Denver Nuggets. And now they're... Um, their next game after the Nuggets is got the Miami. Miami Heat. on Wednesday. Tomorrow night. Ooh. God, I kind of want to go to that game. Miami just lost to somebody. Who did they lose to? Toronto last, Toronto. last night. That's that was a good was, game. I um, kind of want to go to that game. Uh, uh, it sucks uh, to go to games on a weekday for us, though. Yeah, it is kind of tough. It's awful. I wait for Fridays and Saturdays when it's not football season anymore. Friday night games are good, though. I say that as a guy who did a post-game podcast last year. Like, we, were getting, it, we were getting done at 10-15 and 10-20, and I'm like, oh, my Not God. good. Not good for you. Not great. But they win last night. Ant goes off. All the naysayers are quiet. Hey, this is fun. And before anybody in this market poo-poos a 4-0 start and says, well, you know, he's the top of the West right now. Uh, Portland, Utah, San Antonio. We buying that? No. You may not buy it. 
But I'll I'll, rec- I'll 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 rebuttal with this. This may not be sustainable to be a top four team in the West. But damn it, is it fun? Yeah. And, and damn it, if it's not a team that I want to see on my NBA league pass if I didn't live in Portland and have access to Root Sports. And I'll tell you one more thing: it's the style of play that I love because you got a team full of athletes. I said this yesterday, and I'll scream this again. This is a team. Watch Toronto. I saw Toronto Miami play last night. And I, I just continue to feel like this. I think Joe wants to play and look like Toronto. Now, you can say, well, Toronto's not winning a championship. Okay, that's fine. But what Toronto does have is length and athleticism all over the court. Now, this team isn't the longest or the tallest, but what they have is supreme athleticism. You saw it yesterday. They're undermanned and undersized against Denver. But what did they combat that with? Fast break and tempo. They had 26 fast break points last night. Where are they getting a lot of their buckets? Well, Corey Jez told us they're getting them in the paint. They had 62 points in the paint last night against the Denver Nuggets. That's and, good. Oh, by the way, they're capable of shooting 45% from three, which they did yesterday. So, yes, is this like, hey, they're going to be a top four team? Maybe not. Maybe not. But I don't care about that today. You know what I care about is having no. a fun, watchable team of dudes where you name three or four players, and I go, yeah, I love that dude. Yeah, I love that dude. I, I love that dude. Yeah. And they're doing it without GP2, who is only going to make this more exciting. Shaden had a big game last night. Nas continues to shoot the ball well. Josh is a bulldog. Jeremy fits in perfectly. Dame is healthy and back. Ant's got his groove. Like, the only person that I largely get frustrated with is the center. And without him, I mean, dear God, you've been playing some real small ball five. But <laughs> it's fun. And don't let anybody... Talk about what the West will or will not be with Portland involved. Just enjoy what this ride is, and it's entertaining. Yeah, anybody who wants to poo-poo this has a big load in their diaper. Like, just enjoy it, man. I, I don't know where Portland's going to go this year, but seeing a team that is built full of athletes, that plays hard with energy every night, there's effort uh, from guys in the starting lineup. There was a story going viral yesterday of Dame talking about uh, Josh Hart. I think Brooks shared it on the, the broadcast last night. Basically, uh, talking about how much he loves Josh Hart. Yeah. When Josh Hart first got here, they were playing some scrimmages and that kind of thing, and he was kicking balls and throwing chairs because he was upset he was losing scrimmages in practice. And Dame realized, like, this dude's kind of crazy, and I want this guy on my team. And he, he plays like that every single game. And that, to me, th- there's two things that are really exciting for me. One is the fact that you're kind of having your cake and eating it, too. I've never understood that phrase, but I think it applies here because – you're, you're winning games, and you're, you're, you're playing at a high level, but you're also developing for the future. And that's a really difficult needle to thread. Like, you guys had Cronin on the Jack Ramsey's podcast before the year, and you asked him, and he gave kind of a complicated answer about how do you try and win now with Dame, but also understand that developing Shaden Sharp is one of the most important things that you're going to have to be able to do this year. And he, he, he acknowledged that it's a very difficult task. And so far, four games in, they're doing it. They're winning games, and they're developing Shaden Sharp. He was great again last night, knocked down a three. He had a great kind of uh, uh, combo move down on, uh, on the low block. He attacked the rim on a cut. Like, he's, he's playing at a high level for a rookie, and he looks like a three- or four-year vet. So you're threading that needle of winning now and developing for the future. But on top of that, the other thing that I'm really excited about is I just I feel like this lineup and this, the rotations that you're playing, they play really complementary basketball. Like, you have guys like Jeremy Grant who can get you a bucket at the last second if you need to. We see it, we saw him hit the game winner down in L.A. Josh Hart's just kind of a feisty dude. He's not going to put up a ton of points, but he attacks the rim in transition. He grabs a ton of rebounds. He plays pretty solid defense. 
Um, you have some guys coming off the bench that are finding their fit, right? Like Nas, after his tough start, he was big. Let's not lose sight of the way that he played last night. Shaden Sharp, as I pointed out, was great. And as you highlighted, you don't even have GP2 yet, who's going to be your best defender. He's not even a part of the rotation. So I, I like the way that things are fitting with your rotations, that you don't need everybody that has to have the ball in their hands to make an impact. Like, that was the thing when you had Dame, CJ, and Norman Powell, and we went this small three-guard lineup, none of which were very good defensively. There was this, well, yeah, that's great. One of them could cook at any given time. We love to see it. But if they don't have the basketball in their hands, what impact are they making on the game? And the answer to that largely for, for Dame, CJ, and Norman Powell was not much. Powell was a slightly better defender than the other ones, but he wasn't elite on that end of the floor. Now you have guys that are having impacts on the game without scoring. Like Josh Hart hasn't really scored, but he's grabbing like 15 boards a game, and he's playing good defense, and he's pushing the tempo in transition. Jeremy Grant's playing really good defense for you. He's only taken between 10 or 13 shots a game, right? A couple of open threes here or there. Now you have Dame and Ant going at the same time. There's just good continuity on your roster, and they seem to be gelling. Again, nobody knows where this is going to go, but when your team's playing like this and they're fun to watch and they're entertaining, man, enjoy the ride. We deserve it as Blazer fans. Well, I, I know their defensive rating going into the game was top five in the NBA. I'd imagine that's going to slide just a little bit. I mean, they were getting beat up by Denver there for a while, especially in that first half. But that being said, you know what else I've noticed? It's the little things with this team. So, you know, go back to the trades, the Norm Powell, the Robert Covington, CJ trade stuff, Larry Nance. You know, they they got trashed for those trades. Largely got trashed by a, a lot of pundits and even a lot of the fan base. What are we doing giving CJ away? Look, New Orleans is fine. But at the end of the day, what you had to realize was you had to get out of contracts. And sometimes in this league, it's not easy to get out of big contracts. Like, CJ's a very good player. He's fitting in well with what's going on early in New Orleans. That being said, they had to attach Larry Nance on that trade to move the contract because there wasn't a ton of teams signing up to just take on CJ's deal by itself. So you can look at that in a vacuum and say, well, you gave up all this and this is all all you got back. You can look at the Clippers trade and you say, we gave Norm Powell Covington the Clippers for Keon Johnson and Justice Winslow and a pick? Like, yeah, okay. But I I think you can make an argument that like both of those trades – have kind of worked out for you. You know what I mean? Like the, the the Jeremy Grant trade. How's that looking? I mean, that's what you got for CJ. You got Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant for CJ McCollum, and, essentially. And, and I would say that that's played a huge vital role in who this team is. Again, not being maybe a true title contender doesn't matter to me right now. That no. wasn't the goal of the season. The goal of the season is to build a culture and build this thing back up to what they can be next year, two years down the road, and build and so on and so on and so forth. Yeah. And you saw it last night. Shaden who's had some bad games and he's had some good games. But overall, as you and I talked about, we feel confident when he's out there. I do. And that kid steps out of bounds or makes a shot. He's got no facial expression difference at all. He's a confident, quiet kid who just goes out there and knows he can play basketball. And I love that. And so I, I just think you look at the makeup of this team. Ant goes off. Who's the one pushing him at midcourt at a timeout? Stain. Like, say what you want about Dame's friendships with anybody that played here before. But I think what's fairly obvious now, four games in, is that Dame's having fun. Mm -hmm. He's back to being himself physically. And I think he's genuinely happy when Jeremy Grant hits a game winner. Anthony Simons hits six threes in the third quarter. And so Uh, he's always been unique that way. What what does this mean in the grand scheme? I don't know, but I don't care. It's 4-0 and it's entertaining. And at this point... Damn it, I'll take it. I got a team of guys I love to root for. Did we overreact to the preseason yet, or do we need to see more? I mean, I would like to see a little more. I'm not going to sit here and... Come on! I'm not changing much of my prediction for this season. 
Um, but, you know, certainly injuries can play a part in what a season is, and maybe things go their way that, uh, that, that, that way this season. We'll see. I hope if you wanted to bet the over, you locked it in preseason because I imagine the number has shifted a hair. I don't think the NBA in Vegas were expecting them to start 4-0 this year. I got it at 39.5. Yeah, that's what it was preseason. And I, hit, I, 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 I bet a lot of over-unders for teams, and that, I bet the over on that one. Yeah, just, I mean, Dame has never, when he's healthy, he does not finish below 500. Have they been a favorite yet? Uh, no. They were a dog to Sacramento. They were a dog, dog to, to Denver. They were a dog to, no, dog. L.A., Denver, and Phoenix. Yeah, they've been a dog every game. Yeah. Every game. I imagine there'll be a dog again tomorrow night. Well, it's Miami, yeah. Yeah, Miami's coming to town. I'll go peek, see what that is. All right, Sam Monson, profootballfocus.com. We move on from the Trailblazers. We go to the National Football League. A lot to discuss with him. We got the mail sack coming up at 815, so get those mail sack questions into the Fantax line. But coming up next, Sam Monson, pff.com on the Daily Ticker. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Spray visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Spray is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born to the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Excited for our guest today to talk a little NFL. One of our favorites, Sam Monson, a pro football focus. He is the lead analyst at Pro Football Focus, and he is the host of the Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. Sam, good morning to you, man. I got to start last night in Monday Night Football. I am a I'm, I am a beaten down Patriots gambler. I took the Pats last night minus the seven and a half. Can you explain to me how Chicago found an offense and how that game turned out the way that it did? Nope, and nobody else can either. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, look, every now and again, if this is the NFL, that, that tired old cliche of any given Sunday or Monday night as it happens. There's something to that, and every single year there are some games that make no sense whatsoever, and yet the result goes that way, and that was one of them. Like This Chicago team had no business showing up and finding any kind of semblance of offense based off what we've seen from them 
in the past few weeks. And even Justin Fields, same kind of story. Didn't do a whole lot as a passer, found his groove running the ball, but this is not a surprise. It, it shouldn't have happened given a, the, the Bill Belichick ability to craft defense and knowing that that was coming. So, yeah, it didn't, didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, Sam, if I, if I went back a couple months and I showed you the future, Sam Monson's reaction to what he's seeing with Russell Wilson and conversely what he's seeing with Geno Smith is what? The Geno Smith thing, I think, is more surprising to me. Uh, the fact that Geno Smith isn't just playing viable football but looks like a legitimate Pro Bowl caliber quarterback right now is fairly wild. You know, he is uh, right now one of the top-graded quarterbacks at PFF. I think he's still got a top-five grade at this point in the season. There's nothing in his career that says that he belongs at that level previously. You know, absolutely out of the blue, even the people – that said that Geno Smith could be a viable starting quarterback. We're not kind of predicting this kind of performance. So that, I think, is completely crazy. Russell Wilson, I think there were some signs that this could be a problem. Now, it's been a bigger problem than, than people thought it might be, even the people saying tap the brakes on the Russell Wilson hype thing. Um, there are some issues with the way Russell Wilson plays the game and how easy it is to craft an offense around that to make it function and make it go really well um and that's why you know the, this let russ cook thing and and a lot Pete carroll took a lot of blame for how badly things had gone over the last year or so you know this came from somewhere and it's because of the issues that russell wilson brings to the table given the style of play he has now i think on top of that he's not been physically 100 percent. i think nathaniel hackett hasn't been doing a great job as coach and then I think the extra thing on top of all of that is the league has shifted when it comes to playing defense with all this too high coverage shells and all that kind of stuff to exactly the type of game plan that has always given Russell Wilson his biggest problems. So that's sort of pouring gas on this fire and making everything worse. Interesting. Sam, can I ask you one quick thing on Gino? Um, is this sustainable? Is this like something you have to reevaluate in terms of like, hey, did he figure this out? Is this a, a Drew Brees, Sean Payton thing? He's found the right offense for his skill set, and here we go. Like, how would you gauge the future with Geno? Yeah, I don't see anything in his play right now that says that this is completely unsustainable and it's just a freak of high variance play and he's getting lucky. You know, what you see sometimes with quarterbacks, they're playing at a completely un unsustainable level. And you can see it in the numbers, you know, like crazy performance on third down, um, crazy performance in high leverage situations, which you have to give them credit for, but those things don't tend to, to keep going long-term. This was the case with Carson Wentz back in 2017, when he had that MVP caliber season, all the data said that that was just an unrealistic expectation going forward. It was based off these, high leverage, third and long type of plays, which he just kept hitting time after time after time. And there's no way a quarterback keeps going with that long term. This is just good play by Geno Smith. Like he's not unsustainably relying on high leverage plays. He's just out there balling and, and doing a really good job. So, you know, obviously it's still relatively small sample size, seven games and, and anything can happen in that kind of stretch. But it's, it's getting to be the point where it's tough to see it completely going back in the shell and, and him becoming a different player. I think the guy we're seeing right now is for real.
We're talking with Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. He's the lead analyst at Pro Football Focus, and you can check out the PFF NFL podcast. Uh, sticking with Seattle and in the NFC, they're, they're in first place in the NFC West, just like we all predicted seven weeks into the season. When, when you look at the rest of the NFC picture, though, who does Sam Monson think are the four best teams in the NFC? And if you had to place a bet right now on the team you trust the most to win the NFC and represent the conference in the Super Bowl, who is that team? Yeah, I think Philadelphia is obviously the class of the NFC. I thought that they, they were my pick for the Super Bowl coming out of the NFC before the season. I had Buffalo and, and Philadelphia. So I'm sticking with that as long as they look good and as long as nobody else really does. Um, and I think that's kind of the case. Like the Eagles are the class of the NFC, and there's a big gap to anybody else. I think the Giants are kind of fool's gold despite the 6-1 and record. I think the Vikings are in the same kind of boat, and they seem to be thinking that way as well when you hear them talk about their season so far, the team that I think has the best shot of being legitimate outside of Philadelphia, though, is Dallas. Um, they've done a really good job of, of winning games without Dak Prescott. That defense is really, really formidable, um, particularly when it comes to generating pressure and creating some ill-advised passes so that guys like Trayvon Diggs can pick, pick off, you know, passes that shouldn't have been thrown in the first place. Like, Dallas, I think, is second right now in terms of pressure rate in the league. But they blitz. They create stunts up front. Like, they get creative and cause problems in a way a lot of other teams don't. So, with Dak Prescott back, if he gets back to, like, 100% his top play, I think the Cowboys are maybe the one team in the NFC right now that can rival Philadelphia. Uh, a team lying in the weeds that nobody's talking about enough that you think could, by the end of the year, maybe get a lot more attention is who? Um, I, I mean, in the NFC, I think you have to look at the sort of the teams that everybody's writing off. You know, Tampa Bay are three and four. Green Bay are three and four. I don't think either of those teams are terminally in trouble. Um, Green Bay maybe need to make a move before the trade deadline, try and find a true number one receiver that Rodgers can trust. But Tampa Bay, the talent is there. The personnel is there. It's just not working right now. And the good news for them is that that division is not good. And three and four still has them, you know, right at the top of that division. And, and it's going to be very, very difficult for them not to be in the playoff picture, which gives them the entire season to figure out what's going on and how to fix it, and which you would kind of bank on with Tom Brady at quarterback. You know, he's seen everything. He understands, you know, where all the problems are. I would imagine that the Bucks can get back on track by the end of the year. And then if they make the playoffs, they're still a very, very dangerous side. Uh, looking at the quarterback position in the NFL, we had one guy get benched yesterday. I'm just curious, your reaction to Matt Ryan uh, getting getting sat down in Indy? Sam Ellinger is the guy now, and is this is this a sign of just we're going towards teams want guys who can move a little bit? Because we all know Matt Ryan's a tree back there, and he can't. And Ellinger can move around a little bit. I I think it's a sign specifically that the Colts need that. I mean, that offensive line is horrendous and has been all season long. It's going to rank number 32 in PFS offensive line rankings this week. Um, it's been the bottom two the last few weeks, it's completely fallen apart. Um, and Matt Ryan does need an offensive line in front of him. So I, I, it's a tough break for Matt Ryan. He isn't playing well, but I don't think it's his fault. I think he's just been put behind a terrible offensive line. At his age, that's not going to fly. So I don't know that Sam Ellinger is necessarily a, a guy you would bank on to turn it around, but he does have that mobility and he can try and, make something happen while he's under pressure. And I think the Colts have just realized that it's not going to work with Matt Ryan, a quarterback with this offensive line. So try something else, you know, even if that's something else 
doesn't have a huge uh, chance of panning out for you. How surprising. It's been a it's kind of been the season of dogs, Sam. Like this weekend, for example, six dogs covered five one outright, and that seems to kind of be a theme. Every week we're like, How did this team beat that team and not cover a number? What what's been the most surprising part of this season for you? Yeah, it has. It's been a very strange season so far. Um, there's a lot of kind of surprising teams that have showed up a lot better. There's a lot of teams that have been showing up a lot worse than we expected. I think we're seeing outside of three teams, maybe, Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia, just the, the sort of strength of parity in the NFL. I, there's no truly terrible team, and, and there's only three very good teams, and everybody in the middle can kind of beat each other in any given week. Yeah. I'm, I, as I started the interview, Sam, I'm down bad from last night. You got any bets you like this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is not the way this works. I'm not your, uh, your betting self-help Come on, guy Sam, here. Help me out. Yeah, he, it, Sam, you don't have to give him the advice. He is down bad, though. He's, he's not doing well. That game pissed him off last night. I, I would imagine that pissed a lot of people off last night. That game was – it made no sense to anybody. It, yeah. it didn't make any sense. Hey, uh, our, our producer, Swag, texts us in our group chat, and he said, like, this is clearly a Buffalo-Kansas City AFC championship game. And I responded with a couple of teams that, like, I'm not confident, but, like, I would, you know, Bengals, maybe the Ravens, maybe the Dolphins, if they can stay healthy here. Is there is there anybody for you, or are you, like, swag, where you're just kind of, it's a Kansas City-Buffalo AFC title game for you? Yeah, I mean, I, that's the game you would pick, right? If you're taking that game versus the field, I think you probably still bank on that ending up as the AFC title game. But you're right, there are spoilers in there that can, can make a mess of it. Like, Miami, I think, could definitely cause problems, and... Mm force their way into that picture. I think you're right. Cincinnati has the ability to do that. I mean, we saw last year when they beat the Chiefs, they can go on that kind of run and in any given game can can cause an upset. Baltimore is probably one of them. Cleveland as well. Like, they're in trouble um, record-wise. They're, they're struggling. But if they can just hang on into that picture and Deshaun Watson comes back and potentially transforms the, the kind of output that the Browns can have, the Browns could still be alive late in the season. Uh, what would you what would you tell Duck fans who are rooting for Justin Herbert to be you know a great quarterback this year and have a breakout year and get to the playoffs? They're technically in it right now, but they they seem to be floundering. I have a stupid theory that you would laugh at. I think if you have a quarterback like Herbert, you should go offensive minded coach. They have Staley. I'm curious what you make of the Chargers situation. Yeah, Herbert isn't playing his best football right now. The Chargers they seem to be perennially cursed in terms of injuries and losing key players at important positions. We're seeing that again. I mean, J.C. Jackson was one of their big off-season acquisitions, hadn't been playing well in a, a new role in a new kind of system, playing a lot of off-coverage and zones. They finally start giving him more press man, and he, he ruins his knee. He dislocates his kneecap, and, and he's going to be done for a while. Obviously, Joey Bosa has been down as well. Rayshon Slater, the left tackle, like they've just been losing these critical key players all the way through the season. And it's, it's been tough. So I think the chargers, they're going to hang around. They're good. They're going to be in the playoff contention, but with those players that they've lost, it's going to be tough to see them really hang with, teams like the Chiefs and like the Bills if they get to that, if they get that far. Yeah, it feels like some other teams in the AFC too kind of finding their stride. Cincinnati looking good the last couple of weeks. Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. He's the lead NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus. We love having him on the show. Go check out the PFF NFL pod. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. We always appreciate the time. Thanks, Sam.
Anytime. Take it easy, guys. There he goes. Sam Monson, <laughs> a pro football focus. He was not giving you any pick. Come on. Give me a pick. Give no, me one he, pick. He said, get out of here. Come on. <laughs> one pick. That's all I want. One pick. A breadcrumb. Give me a crumb. Take the dogs, man. Just about bark. A, should I gamble the under in the Broncos game again? Who are they playing? They're taking on the Jags in London. 39 is your number. The Jags offense is not very good. Well, Denver's playing with Rippon, so they're, they're not very They can't good. score on anybody. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I always feel I played an over-under this weekend, but I, I'm <laughs> the only you. one I won, so now I'm leaning into that. That's all I got right There's now. There's points. Why? You have to just ignore your gut here. Just get points. <laughs> the points that I wanted last weekend was was were all the underdogs that did not cover. I feel like Sam, That's where I'm at. guys like Sam do these interviews all across the country. And I don't know about you, but my gut tells me that because sports gambling is expanded the way it has in our country, Sam gets that question quite often. Oh, for sure he does. Hey, uh, you, you, hey, like, you, got? you like any dogs this weekend, Sam? Like Bears are catching 10 in Dallas. I could go that route. I, they played a short yeah. week. <clears throat> See, you get New Orleans at home as a dog to the Raiders. This is what I'm saying. There's a man. plus two for you. <laughs> I like the Raiders in that game. <laughs> you just got a lot. You got to go the opposite way of some of your feelings. I'm on not this going stuff. opposite, man. All right, we're, ha- we're we're back on the horse. All right, for geez. Thursday night. Okay, I'm not right. feeling good though. Um, okay, plus three at home. Uh, let's get to a couple of college football notes, including one thought exercise from Ross Dellinger that I like doing every single week. Also, an idea from the commissioners of the college football playoff that I 100 support. That's coming up next on the fam. Pour the milk. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Chad. Part of a nutritious breakfast? Hamburgers. Hamburger. The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for the morning crunch. A look at the tastiest topics in sports. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.95 per month. No hassle, no pressure, no gimmicks, and no judgments. Hey, the Morning Crunch brought to you the fan bar. Good friends at Crunch Fitness as low as $9.99 a month. Locations in Beaverton, Aloha, Division Center, and Vancouver. Go check them out at crunch.com. I was out of the glorious house of games yesterday. Uh, Bill Belichick was asked this morning if Mac Jones will be a starter going forward, and he said that's a hypothetical question. I he just, did not answer. I, I'm so tired of that team and that franchise and that coach. I don't care anymore. I don't want to talk about the Patriots. They're a disappointment, uh, and I root against them almost every week. Yeah, I can't blame you. I usually do, too. But I rooted for him last night, and boy, oh, boy, did they let me down. Uh, let's get to a couple of notes out of college football, shall we? I saw this one last week. I just wanted to shout it out. We keep an eye on the, the larger picture around the sport from time to time. Uh, and I, I quite enjoyed it because I think this is a great idea. So right now, they're, they're trying to move the expanded college football playoff up to 2024 instead of having a start in 2026, which I think should be great, right? Like, let's get this thing going. Let's move it on up. Uh, one of the issues that fans have had, though, is that you're going to have opening round games in the 12-team format that are at the higher-seeded team. Well, there was a piece that came out last week that said there are a couple of commissioners and people on the CFP board that are pushing to get home field games for not only the first-round games, which already exists, for the quarterfinals, which would be the next round, and for the semifinals. Now, semifinals might be too tall of a task. I don't think they're going to get the semis. Probably not semifinals, but to have – you know, first round games at home and then second round games at home. I think it'd be great because we talked about this last week and I'll get to Dellinger's what the playoff would look like if it's if it was today thing because it's fun. But you brought up the top four seeds that get a bye, which is great. You play all year. You want to buy, right? You want to be fresh. They wouldn't get a chance to play a home playoff game. So they would have to they would have to go to a neutral site. So I, I saw that article last week and I thought, you know what? Finally, maybe, maybe 
some smart heads are prevailing in that CFP committee room because I think it'd be great for the sport to have those games at home field. Well, sure, but here, here's my only pushback to that. Um, I, I want to see teams that are deserving get a home game. I just am a little frustrated by the idea of a Clemson getting this. Yeah. Clemson's not great. That ACC conference sucks. Clemson's going to walk their way into the playoff this year because their conference blows. And not like they haven't been good before. They clearly have. They've won two championships. Dabo's established a great program over there. But they've also, without a doubt, been a benefactor of an absolutely trash conference. Yeah, the ACC's not good. It's terrible. Miami was supposed to be this team that was going to rival in the ACC title game. Mario's already pointing to Oregon and saying, look, we helped do that. We'll get to that. Because of how bad they've been in Miami. North Carolina, you don't take seriously. Pitt's been not lived up to the hype. Florida State's off to a good start. Maybe they can get this going, but you're not really buying them legitimately yet. Like, Clemson's been a mix of great recruiting, good coaching, and player development, uh, while also benefiting very greatly from an absolutely horrendous conference. And in this instance, they will continue to be rewarded. Because until I see an ACC team actually do it, I'm just going to assume Clemson's going to continue to <laughs> run right through that garbage conference. And so that's the only pushback is that's fair. teams like Clemson get a home game, and that's going to suck because there will be other teams in the playoff that I might think are better if you're using this year's model than Clemson is. That's the tough part when you're trying to do the, the conference championship thing, right? Like you want to guarantee the top seeds go to conference champions or the top four are conference champions. Like that's the only tough part with that. Uh, Dellinger put this out, though. So if the playoff were to start today – for this season, here here's your matchups. All of these are awesome. So your your teams would buy. Speaking of Clem, uh, Clemson, they're one of them. Tennessee would get a buy. Clemson would get a buy. Ohio State would get a buy, and TCU would get a buy because they're the four highest ranked conference leaders right now. So presuming they win their conference, your first round matchups. First one not great. Tulane at Georgia. That'll be a bloodbath. Here are your other games though. You ready for these? USC at Michigan. Sign me up. Oklahoma State at Alabama. That could be a fun game. Oklahoma State's a feisty team. And you would get Wake Forest traveling to Eugene to play Oregon. The Demon Deacons, a rematch of the 2006 Seattle Bowl. Why does he do this every week? He just he just tries to, here's your mock CFB, and this is what it would look like with the changing landscape. I think it's to get people excited, because I see it every week, and my, my pants get tight. But I'm do, like, you, yes. do you need to be excited? Because I'm already excited. I don't need like the matchups that aren't just going to happen in this scenario. I like looking at them because it's fun to think of, this is what we're going to get in college football. You're going to get matchups that don't happen. When has Oklahoma State ever played Alabama? Oregon's played know. Wake Forest once in their history. I know that. Maybe another time that I don't know. But also, Wake Forest is a fun team to watch. They're a really fun team to watch. USC at Michigan. Can yeah. you imagine going on the road to Ann Arbor in December and playing that house. game? Yeah. Now, in a conference realignment scenario, that might not happen because they'd be in the same conference. But there's your. Uh, that's what it would look like if it started today. You see, Joel Klatt said uh, Oregon definitely deserves to be in the conversation as a one-loss team for the playoff. I did see that, yeah. Uh, I'll be interested to monitor that the next couple weeks because I, I kind of have a theory that Oregon – Going into the Oregon State game is going to have just one loss. I think they're going to beat Utah. I think they're going to beat Dub, And I think they're going to wax cow this weekend. Uh, and we'll see if I'm wrong. But if I'm right, going into that last game of the year at 10-1, and one, eh, it, if, they, if they can take care of my beefs, and they won't, but if they can, you go to the Pac-12 championship potentially as a one-loss team, it's tough to look past that Georgia loss, but that was so long ago at that point. It's a one-loss conference champion. I, I think it's exciting. The conference still has a shot they do. at maybe having a playoff team. UCLA could win out. USC could win out. Yep. Oregon could win out. Yep. All of those are possibilities. And, and it's, it's not a given. 
But, uh, again, I said this before, if there's a a, a one-loss non-SEC team there, like I just – can we start rewarding teams that take care of their conference record, especially teams that play nine conference games? A little bit different than they do it elsewhere around the country. So there you go, a little college ball insight. I love the idea of having the quarterfinals and the semifinals – at home stadiums, it'd be a great step for the sport and uh, mock CFP and what it would look like. we got a lot to get to in the final hour. The mail sack coming up at 8.15. A couple other NFL notes at the bottom of the hour at 8.30 I want to get to. I want to start, though, with some revisionist history from somebody yesterday that needs to be discussed. And we'll start there. A load of final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.